That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone. And it is 9 o'clock on the East Coast of the United States. And I'm Craig Wessels from A Yank on the Footy, and uh, I am live on the East Coast, and we're going to talk a little bit about round three and some of the things that uh, I saw happening, and uh, we'll see if anybody hops on that decides they want to talk about round three as well and what they're looking at in round four coming up this week as well. Uh, as most of you know, I am a lifelong cat supporter. Well, lifelong, since I've been following footy for the last seven years. I don't know if that qualifies as lifelong or not, but... Uh, this has been a uh, bit of a tough start for the cats, but uh, fortunately, I guess we do have our laurels to rest on, if you will, knowing that uh, we do have the premiership that we get to continue to celebrate because the way things are going, we may be uh, heading in the direction of uh, duplicating or pretending it's an episode of Stranger Things and going into the upside down and... Uh, chasing a 16-game losing streak. Now, I don't believe that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, let's just, be, let's just be honest here. The Cats are not playing the best footy that they have played in quite some time, and it is a, uh, it's a sad uh, state of affairs for the Cats if you are a Cat supporter because, you know, there is still a great deal of talent on this side, and they brought in a lot of young talent, and everybody in the offseason said that they had an offseason for the ages. And maybe this is an offseason that doesn't pay off in 2023. Maybe this is an offseason that pays off in 2024 or 2025. But when you look at what's happened with the Cats here recently, you have to wonder, are they, uh, they going to be able to dig themselves out of this hole? And quite frankly, I don't know if that's the case because they've got themselves in pretty deep. You know, if we look at the uh, the ladder right now, they are sitting at the bottom, the only club without a win. And um, it is a uh, it's a huge hole to climb out of. You know, granted, you know they're only two games behind the. Uh, eight teams that are in front of them because every, the other teams all have just one win, you know, cause you've got a couple clubs that have raced out to three and O starts in uh, St. Kilda and Collingwood and raced out being the key term there, because both of these clubs have been phenomenal this year. As we saw the, uh, the pies take on the cats back in round one and they handled them pretty well in the, uh, in the fourth quarter of that game, the cats just ran out of gas. And, and quite frankly, I, I just, I guess I have to defer to people who've been following the game longer than I have, which are almost all of you who are listening to this, because the Cats, yes, they have a lot of injuries. And I'm not using that as an excuse, but I'm simply making that statement because I also have to preface that by saying there's another club out there. <laughs> Excuse me, the Saints who also have a ton of injuries, even more so than the Cats have at this point in time. And I just, I wonder just how bad some of these injuries are really in, uh, impacting the Cats because they don't seem to be impacting the the, uh, the Saints because uh, I think the Saints are at a point in time right now where they're not planning on taking a whole lot of shit. Uh from anybody. I don't think their coach is going to take a whole lot of shit from anyone. Uh, you know, Ross Lyon looks like he's doing a phenomenal job. Now, I have to admit, and if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that last year when the uh, problems were going on with uh, the Saints and they decided to move on from Brett Ratton, I thought he got the long end of a short stick. I quite frankly thought he got screwed. Um, I thought he'd done a, a decent job with the club uh, with the injuries and the issues that they have to have. And uh, it just turned out that, well, maybe the people who made the decision to move on to Ross Lyon knew a heck of a lot more than uh, 
a middle-aged man sitting in his closet in Ohio uh, talking to you on a, a live podcast because they evidently did. Now, granted, it's only three games. Okay, it's only three games. They've got uh, a long way to go, but they they have to be, in my mind, uh, even more impressive than what Collingwood has done so far. I, I am so much more impressed by what the uh, the Saints have done than by what Collingwood has done, and I'm extraordinarily impressed by what Collingwood has done because that cl- that's a club right there. Granted, neither one of these two clubs are ones that I tipped to play finals this year. Okay, I thought that last year Collingwood had danced rather close to the edge, and as such maybe that luck was going to run out for them a little bit this year. And uh, we were going to see them possibly drop some of the games that they had won. Well, they've, they've not let that happen yet. Okay. Quite frankly, they've not allowed that to happen because they've played some, some fantastic football. And uh, you know, it is just uh it's a fun team to watch. And again, you know, that's one of the, one of the things that I love about my situation it being a, uh, a fan that has come to the game so late is that I love watching great football, no matter who's playing it. As I said, I, I love seeing the Cats win, but uh, I want to see eight other great games during the course of the week. So we're getting that right now. Okay, we're getting those those great games uh, for the most part. But the Magpies, you know, they got a, almost a four-goal win against the Cats. They, you know, absolutely wiped out Port Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. They struggled a little bit against uh the tigers but they did still end up winning by 14 points you know by two and a half goals roughly so um this is a club that that has to learn how to win those close ones and even widen that gap in those close games if if they can possibly do that because they are uh they're a good side and they have the potential to be better but right now you know they're they're a little banged up uh especially in the ruck position with uh with Max uh, Mason Cox being out as well as uh, Darcy Cameron being out too. So, I mean, their, their ruck situation is going to be manned by, I believe uh, Daniel McStay for the time period um, at going forward here. Uh, you know, Aiden Beggs, I think a little bit dinged up and the, uh, the only other ruck on the roster is, uh, you know, Oscar Steen, he's a 19-year-old who has not yet played a game at the senior level, so I don't know if they're going to be tossing him right out there as well. I mean, let's be honest, you know, of course, the one thing that they could do is they could, I'm sure, put uh, Brody Majacek out there because he does everything pretty darn well. You know, he doesn't have necessarily the uh, the size. He's only 192 centimeters, but he does everything else so darn well that I uh, I wonder why not. And maybe that discussion is uh, has come up uh, at the uh, Magpies training facility. I don't know. But again, the Saints are just, they're impressive right now, the way that they are playing. And uh, I'm, the Saints, I, I have a soft spot for Saints supporters because from what I have gathered over my time following the game over the last uh, many years, the Saints are not unlike the NFL team that I have supported my entire life, the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, I'm born and raised in the Cleveland area, about an hour west of Cleveland. I've been a Cleveland sports fan my entire life. And, uh, well, the Browns won the championship when I was a year old in 1964. And the Cavaliers won in 2016, the NBA team. So that is two championships in, well, the Cavaliers came into existence, I believe, in 1970. So they've been around for 53 years. The baseball team has been around for a lot longer than that, but they've been around for the 60 years of my life. They've not won the championship, and the Browns won once. So you figure that is, what, 173 years worth of sports fandom on my part and there have been two championships and one of them i was a year old so i don't have any recollection of that at all and i i doubt there was a game a browns game that was even on television in my house at that point in time 
1964 because I don't think my dad was a huge uh, Browns fan. He ended up uh, hedging his bets in the 1970s by being both a Cowboys and a Steelers fan. So if you happen to be an NFL fan uh, during the era of uh, Tutal Jones and Roger Staubach and Tony Dorsett and uh, Calvin Hill and Franco Harris, the late Franco Harris and Terry Bradshaw and the, uh, you know, Elsie Greenwood and Joe Green with the Steelers and such, you, 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 you understand that he was hedging his bets because there was a good chance that uh, one of his two quote unquote favorite teams was going to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been a Cleveland sports fan my entire life and we have quite frankly struggled. Okay. Two championships in 173 years. So you, 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 you get why I feel the way I do and why I have a, a little bit, or I should say a lot of sympathy for Saints supporters because they're, their club has been in a very similar position going through their entire existence, winning one premiership by a single point. Now, you know, again, I, I would love to see the Cats win the premiership again. First of all, I'd love to see them win a game this year. We have to do that first, okay? The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, and we haven't taken that yet, okay? And I do want to talk about the Cats a little bit more before I dive into a few other things, and hopefully a few people... uh hop on and uh, want to share their thoughts, but nobody has hopped on here yet. So we'll see if that happens tonight. I kind of did this a little bit last minute. Uh, I had had some glitches with the, uh, the live um, app through my podcast host recently. Uh, so I have not used this in a while. I really enjoyed this because it was great to get people to come on and share their thoughts and their ideas and be able to to chat about games and such. And it, it, it has a lot more spontaneity. So that means I don't have to do nearly as much uh, editing. I just get to put it out there afterwards and go, hey, look at that. There's an episode. But, you know, I was a little critical online the other day uh, after, this ca- after the Cats game. And again, I, I'm going to chalk it up a little bit to the fact that I had been up for like 23 and a half hours straight by the time the Cats game ended. Okay, so it was a uh, it was a long um, it was a long process uh, for me that day, and I just you know became a little frustrated. And again, I was not disrespectful. I wasn't rude. You know, I had uh, I had put a post out there on Twitter uh, stating that uh, that I thought that uh, that Tyson Stengel and Brad Close and Brian Myers had been basically invisible. And quite frankly, you know, there were a number of other players I could have put on that list also that were invisible, if you will. People who've played prominent roles on this club that just have not yet this year. Uh, and somebody took, uh, I don't know if they took offense to it, but they, they, they certainly defended Brian Myers. And I went and I looked at the stats and, you know, Myers had, uh, I think he had 16, dis- uh, 16 disposals and he had uh, five tackles and a couple clearances. So he didn't have an awful game. Uh, but I guess it, it has to do maybe with the, you know, just maybe the simple fact that there's, there's not enough good stuff happening if you're a cat supporter right now. Okay. Jeremy Cameron has been playing out of his mind. Okay. He's been playing out of his mind. I, and, I, and I would argue that he is the best player in the game or one of the top three. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's amazing how hard he is playing in order to, uh, to try to carry the club because let's be honest, his other, uh, stalwart down there, uh, with regards to the other key forward is not looking to be in football shape. You know, Tom Hawkins, you know, love him, just an absolute joy to watch play. But I do not think he is in footy fitness shape at this point in time. I don't think he's fit and firing ready to go uh, and go out and contribute. He had, you know, five touches of the ball, kicked him behind uh, this past week. He's not performed at a great level. And, and, at this point in time, you wonder what are the options for them? Because you look at uh, the way the injury bug has struck this club. I, I guess, you know, maybe Ollie Henry could go down there, 
But otherwise, you would have maybe seen Jack Henry, who's going to be out for at least another six to eight weeks. Um, you might have seen them maybe push De Koning forward, who maybe could use a bit of a break from getting his butt kicked down there in the uh, in the defensive uh, strike because he just keeps getting thumped on for the last three games. It's been it's been brutal for him these these first three rounds, and I I think he's probably going to be missing this week. I've not. I've not checked the news, but I have a feeling he's going to be out this week with a concussion because he got his bell absolutely rung uh, this past weekend against the Gold Coast. But, you know, who are they going to plug in there? You know, you would have put in Jack Henry or you would have put, you know, you would have put in DeConey. You would have possibly brought Asaba Radigalia up there, but now they're working at trying to get Radigalia uh, confident and comfortable in the defensive structure. And now he's going to have to play probably an even more prominent role with uh, DeKoenig being out. Uh, so he may be on the number one key forward uh, for Hawthorne this week coming up. So, um, you know, injuries are the gift that keeps on giving for the Cats this year. But again, there's, no, that, there's not going to be a damn bit of sympathy from anybody, and I'm not expecting it because uh, they're the defending premiers. They have got to figure out how to turn this thing around. They've got to get the car out of neutral. Um, you know, I, I saw a few people online and I thought it was kind of humorous and I don't think this is happening, but uh, people were saying that they were tanking in order to get the number one pick next year, which, you know, again, I don't know what draft picks they hold uh, in the next year, but uh, I, I don't think they're tanking. Okay. I don't think that's what's happening. They're, uh, there are too many good players. I just think that there's a lot of injuries and they've all stacked up on top of themselves and it, and it's preventing them from getting any kind of traction. And I got to be honest with you. Yeah. I know Hawthorne is, is, is a club that is just really scuffling right now. They're 17th. Okay. Their percentage is 20, almost 23 percentage points lower than the cats. They're at 60.07%, but they've got to win. Okay. They beat North Melbourne last week. But I don't know if, if we see a, uh, a letdown with, uh, with uh, Sam Mitchell's side. Um, but uh, after watching the Cats' performance against the Suns this past week and, and knowing then that the, uh, the Hawks had beaten North Melbourne. And again, it's North Melbourne. I understand, but they, they'd won a couple games already themselves as well. Part of me is thinking, you know, I, I don't know if I can do it, but part of me is thinking I may find myself very well tipping Hawthorne to beat you along this week. You know, I, I, and again, I may change my mind by the time I, uh, I record that, uh, bit of information on Thursday this week. And again, I'll usually end up, I'll probably be recording that after the, uh, the first game of the weekend has been, uh, has been played. And I'll be honest with you, I've gotten the, uh, the first game of each round wrong so far when I've done that. So I've not, I've not changed my tip. I've just fessed up and said, yep, I got it wrong. Uh, so yeah, again, Hawthorne is not playing tremendous footy, but is there, slightly above average with last week with, uh, with North Melbourne. Is that enough to beat a struggling cat side? We're going to find out, but again, I, I, I won't be shocked. Okay. I won't be shocked, but again, it's a, uh, this is a side that has a ton of talent. And, and as everybody says, you know, premierships are not one in April. They're not one in May. They're not one in June. They're one in September. But again, you got to get to the position where you have a shot at winning it. Um, and, you know, I know there's a, the situation going on here with regards to the cats uh, and the construction of the new uh, stand at their stadium. And they're trying to get that finished so they can have a much larger crowd at their place. And they, they still have nine home games coming up at GMBHA stadium later this year. The first one, not coming until round six when they get to uh, hoist the premiership flag, when they're playing against uh, the, the runners up in the grand final, uh, the Sydney Swans. And, and don't think the Swans aren't going to be coming in there thinking, okay, these cats are wounded. Let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and get them. Let's take them out here. And, you know, and I don't know. Yeah. The, the cats are at a point in time right now where they are 
they've got the Hawks, and then the following week they've got West Coast, and then they have Sydney. So you know, so the the opportunity is there for them to get back to not to level necessarily because Sydney is going to be a huge game, but there's a, there's an opportunity for them to get back to to two and three over the next couple of weeks. But it, they have to go out and do it. I can't simply say look at look at the Cats list, look at the Hawks list, boom, put four points on the ladder. I can't do that right now. Okay, maybe getting Mitch Duncan back this week is going to help. Maybe Cola Jazzy coming back into the side is going to help to settle the defense down a little bit. You know, get some of those those youngsters who've been kind of pressured into some of those defensive uh, positions an opportunity to catch their breath and maybe go and uh, hone their craft a little bit more, possibly down at the at the uh, VFL level. Because let's be honest, the VFL side uh, got got their butts kicked up one side and back down the other um, this past weekend against Gold Coast. And I haven't even mentioned Gold Coast yet. Okay, but I I don't have a quote unquote second favorite team. I don't have one of those. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and say it here and maybe this makes sense, maybe it doesn't make sense. I have 17 clubs that are my second favorite club. Okay, I have 16. The 16 that are not playing the cats that week are my second favorite club, and then whoever they're playing that week is my least favorite club. They're number 18 on my list because, again, I, I love watching good good footy. I love watching good games happening. So I, I cannot do anything more than tip my cap to the Suns and what they did um, this past week. They played a phenomenal game against the Cats, uh, yeah, pulled away at the end. Uh, Jack Lacocious had an absolutely wonderful game. You know, they had uh, – one, two, three, four, five. They had five players with 20 disposals, two, three more with at least 18 disposals. Um, as far as the uh, the stats, I mean, you know, the uh, as far as clearances go, and I'm trying to find the clearances. Yet. Yeah, um, Gold Coast, 39 clearances to 23. 39 to 23. That is damning evidence of how much the, the Cats midfield is struggling. Or it's an endorsement for just how solid Gold Coast midfield actually is. Because it is, you know, you, you got you know, Tuke Miller, Matt Rowell, who thinks, you know, that every clearance is a contested one, and is just looking for somebody to knock on their butt. Their butt. <clears throat> you know, you've got uh, Noah Anderson, you know, and 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 well, like I said, I don't have a second favorite team. I, I will say it again. I think in the long run, it is great for the competition for the Gold Coast Suns and the GWS Giants to become relevant. Okay, I truly believe that because there is this impetus, this push to make these clubs relevant in the communities where they happen to be. And the supporters that are supporters are rabid supporters of those clubs. But other than that, uh, that trip to the grand final where uh, the Giants got thumped pretty handily, uh, the success for those two sides has been fleeting. You know, the Suns have not played finals yet at all. And the Giants, quite frankly, I, I think are a much better side than I gave them credit for being this year. You know, you've had, you've got the, uh, you know, Toronto and Hopper having left to go down to Richmond and you've had the change in the captaincy. And I, and quite frankly, I think, I think the pressure coming off of the shoulders of Stephen Canelio as captain has helped to turn him into a much more effective player uh, in, uh, in the, uh, the orange, orange and black. I think it is black. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I've, I've been impressed by what I've seen from him this year. And again, this is not a bad side, um, but you know, you look at the uh, you know the I'm, and I keep going back to the Cats game because again, this is this is the defending premiers and their own three, and you know the uh, they had more inside fifties than did uh, than did Gold Coast, but what they did with them significantly lower 30.8 percent uh scoring on inside on their inside 50 so one or three out of every 10 times 13 and a half percent did they get a goal okay 
whereas Gold Coast was a little over 20%. They scored a goal each time they went inside 50 and almost 47% uh, where they got at least a point out of their inside 50s. And of course, one of those goals was uh, Lukosius is who he kicked from, I think, I think he actually kicked that goal from Brisbane. Okay. Um, just he absolutely mauled it. Because, again, I, I can't only see what's on the television, but seeing what the, uh, the, the, the announcers were, were saying, and, uh, well, let's be honest, the announcers can't really see what's going on there because they're on the television as well. And I, and I guess I don't, I don't understand how it is that they've not started moving the announcing crews to actually call the games in person anymore, other than the boundary riders. Somebody seems to explain to me why that's the case. Now, I, and I know you've got several, you've got several, you know, instances where the same people are calling multiple games on the weekend, and and I guess that's, I guess that's part of it. But you know, many of those games are calling are in Richmond, so they could be there for that. But otherwise, send the crew to to uh, to the Adelaide Oval. Send them up to the Heritage Heritage Bank Stadium now. Um, used to be Metricon up at the Gold Coast. Send them out to the Optus. Put actual announcers in the uh, in the stadium. Okay, you know, I, I don't think Brian tends to, you know, roaming Brian tends to happen anywhere else but the MCG or possibly Marvel on Thursday nights. But uh, it's a little disappointing that, that that the announcers aren't actually there in person. And, and I don't think that that happens. I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't think that happens with any sports here in the United States. I think they all tend to show up. Um, now, I, I, I'm not going to talk about every game here tonight. I, I really wanted to do this to see just whether or not the uh, the live app was going to be working again. I was hoping somebody was going to hop on to chat, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Um, I did send this out to all of those uh, those of you who are on my email list. Uh, again, you can sign up for my email list over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. You can uh, get uh, registered as a guest if you've got a great story to tell. I'm always looking to tell wonderful stories. Uh, from people about their, uh, about their foodie experiences. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, you can leave review over there as well. And there are links to all of the different podcast hosts on my website. So when a new episode comes out and I've decided rather than, you know, sending out the new episode instantaneously when it comes up on my Podbean app, because I know some people have, have said they don't like the idea of having to download the, the Podbean app on their phone in order to listen to the episode. So I've decided to hold on for like an extra five minutes or so until the episode syncs with my website because it does it automatically. And then I'm sending that, that link out, which then allows you to choose which app you want to use. It'll, you can click on you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Music or iHeartRadio or uh, Stitcher or any, you know, there's like, there's 13 different ones that are supported over there that you can click on and it'll take you to that podcast app and allow you to listen to the, to that episode and any of my other episodes there as well. Um, now I, a couple other things I wanted to mention in, in passing, uh, before I wrap this up, um, you know, to me, one of the, the, the best games of the weekend was, the game at the Adelaide Oval uh, with the Crows and, of course, Port Adelaide. And uh, very competitive game through the start, uh, but it became an absolute blowout in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was just – it was an explosion from the Crows. I mean, 5-1, 5-1 after quarter one, 9-3, 9-3. 11-5 Port, 11-8 Adelaide at the end of three. Port tacks on two goals, three in the fourth quarter. And if you didn't watch this game, Adelaide blows up for seven goals, one in the fourth quarter. Seven goals in the fourth quarter. Now, I, and I, and I hear, I can hear the, the grinding wheels, the, 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 whetstones, if you will, that are used to sharpen knives. I can hear the grinding of those knives all the way from Adelaide because the knives are out for Ken Hinckley. Okay. They are absolutely out for Ken Hinckley right now. And I, and I wonder, 
what it is that's going to happen in that position. You know, I I, I asked uh, David Lloyd when we did the preview episode for Port Adelaide this year. He's been on the last couple of years to preview Port Adelaide, and I should have talked to uh, Bevan Jones from Legends with Bevo. I know I know I need to get him on to uh, to help to uh, to review an episode as well. I'd love to get him on to chat. He's a huge Port supporter. I guess the question I have to ask, and I'd love to get your your thoughts on this, so maybe you can share your thoughts uh, over on my uh, site, and maybe I'll put up a uh, um, a link on the uh, little survey up on my Twitter page. Which club is closer to playing finals, Port Adelaide or Adelaide? Because I think in many ways they are they're two ships kind of passing in the night, if you will. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of young talent on Port Adelaide, but there's a lot of older talent over there as well. And, you know, they've got a, they've got a coach who is holding on by, I don't even want to be so bold as to say 10 fingernails right now. He might be down to seven or eight fingernails holding him, holding him onto the ledge right now. Okay. He might only have seven or eight that are, uh, that are holding him in place at this moment in time. Now, is Matthew Nix completely secure in his position? I don't know, but uh, he may be a little more secure. Um, and again, they've only got one win as well, but they won an important game, and they exploded in that fourth quarter. Okay, they absolutely exploded in that fourth quarter. Uh, and you, you look at that side, you look at Adelaide, and you think about, you know, First of all, I was quite frankly shocked when uh, Jordan Dawson was was named captain. I really thought that that was uh, I thought that was going to be Tom Duday's position to lose, and evidently it was. Um, and D- Dawson has done a an, an admirable job thus far. You know, he had a great game himself the other night. Uh, you know, kicking a you know a goal and uh, having eighteen disposals, set, uh, seven inside fifties. Um, but you know, you look at uh, at the uh, the three headed monster that uh, that this club has, um, and and it's still a four headed monster right now, quite frankly, with uh, with uh, Tex Walker, but Raleigh Thilthorpe, Isaac Rankin, um, Josh Rochelle, you know, are just phenomenal youngsters to to have in there, and and quite frankly a name I was completely unfamiliar with, but he exploded for three goals this, this year or this round was Luke Pedler, uh, who played at Glen Elk. And he, you know, he's a, he's a player that I, I, I'm sure I had seen the name on the list, but it's not somebody who had registered with me because again, you know, you look at his career, he's played a total, a total of six games. Now he's been credited for eight because he was an unused medi sub twice back in 2022. He got two games in 2021. Didn't kick a goal then, kicked one goal in, in a single game that he played last year, and he's now played four games. Excuse me, three games this year. Has kicked four goals three. Now and again, you know he's not a huge guy. He's only 184 centimeters, so he's you know we're not talking, you know we're not talking you know likely to be a key four, but it's just another one of those pesky people around the goal to uh, to help you know snatch up those crummers and make and make plays on the ball that. Uh, that otherwise you wouldn't uh, wouldn't necessarily be getting you know getting plays made upon. So I, I'm I'm I think I'm more bullish on the Crows than I am Port Adelaide. And I don't think I, and I know I didn't have Adelaide finishing higher than the Crows this year. I think I had the Crows finishing ninth on the ladder, right behind Gold Coast, because I thought they were going to be close to pushing their way back into the uh, top eight. Now again, that may still happen this year. You know, again, we've only played three rounds. We've only played three rounds so far. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with this. And I, I don't know. I Again, I don't know what is going to happen going forward. None of us do. It's what makes watching footy great is because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, let's be honest. Even the, the, Those of you who absolutely abhor you despise the Geelong cats and you're certainly entitled to do that. Let's just take a, a you know, quick step back and let's talk about, you know, the cats and uh, how many of you by a show of hands. And of course I can't see you, but uh, 
how many of you thought to yourself, well, I'm pretty confident the Cats are going to start out 0-3 this year. Even if you hate Geelong, okay, even if you call their stadium a cow paddock, you know who you are, Nick. Uh, you know, you're, you're – I, I don't know if I would believe you if you said, yeah, they're going to start out 0-3. I didn't think they were going to start out 0-3. I thought they might be 2-1, maybe 1-2, because starting out with, you know, a previous you know, top four club and a club that many argue should have played finals this past year uh, in, or in Carleton, that, uh, well, they could have been 1-2 one and, one and or 2-1. and one. They could have won all three as well, but... I don't think many people predicted them being uh, 0-3 starting out the year. But, you know, looking at, uh, at, you know, one other game I wanted to touch on real quickly, and that was the Melbourne and Sydney game. And, again, you know, I do the tips for fun when Mick Aussie comes on or if I have somebody else on by chance to talk about the games. You know, I, I, tipped, I tipped the uh, – um, the, the Swans to win this one. I did. I thought Buddy's going to be back. Um, Amarty's going to be playing. You got McDonald's going to be up there as well. And uh, and quite frankly, um, not a huge performance from much of that group there. Okay. Um, you know, Amarty went uh, no goals three. Um Logan McDonald, one goal, one goal, two. Lance Franklin did go 2-2. Tom Papley kicked three goals. But the Demons were phenomenal. Okay, again, they got out to a pretty good-sized lead in the first quarter, 6-1 to 1-3. Uh, let Sydney get back in, 9-3 to 6-6. 14-4 to 9-9 at the end of three, and then 21-8 uh, to 12-12. So 21 goals, eight behinds. That's pretty darn accurate kicking. Um, now Jacob Van Ruin had a, a pretty solid game with three goals. Uh, Bailey Fritsch, Cade Chandler also had three. Lockie Hunter, Spargo, Clayton Oliver all had two. Melksham, um, Ben Brown, Alex Neil Bullen each had one. Uh, as did uh, Harrison Petty, Tom Sparrow, and, and James Jordan. They spread the wealth. I mean, if you think about that, if you go look at it, you go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 players kicked goals for the Ds against Sydney. 12 players. That is, that is spreading the wealth. Now, is, is, is this an adjustment? Uh, because, again, you, you usually didn't say You would see you know, Fritch getting his share. You would see... You know, Spargo getting a few. You see Ben Brown getting a few. But, you know, now that Max Gone is not in there, um, and Grundy had himself a, a phenomenal day. He played, he played a great game. You know, he had 25 hitouts. He had 21 disposals. Um, he had six inside 50s. He had, you know, he had six clangers, though. But he had five, you know, he had five, uh, not five clearances. He had four clearances. Um, yeah, and if you had him on your fantasy team, he got you 106 points this week. Uh, I'm now 0-3 on my fantasy team. Uh, I've scored more points than many of the other clubs. Still haven't won a game yet. Uh, I've got a very relatively high percentage. It's like 95, but I'm 0-3. This week, I lost by 27 points overall. And unfortunately, I went to bed before the uh, North Melbourne and Hawthorne game. Hawthorne game had started, so I did not notice that uh, LDU was a scratch. Uh, he was my captain this week on my fantasy team, so didn't get his points this week and lost by 27, and I left uh, Brad Close on the bench, who scored 41 for me, uh, or would have scored 41. So I could have won had I brought him in and moved somebody else from the forward line to the midfield. But I decided I needed to go to sleep. So I did. But, you know, I, I'm just, I am still, imp you know, so impressed by Melbourne. You know, they, they, this is a, a really good side, and it, and, and, they're going to be there again. I picked them to win the premier this year. Did that before Max gone went out. Hopefully he's back soon, but, uh, this is still a quality club and, you know, 
they need to have Bertie Grundy hold up, of course. And, you know, he's not been the man for a couple of years. So this is going to be a, a, a nice change of pace for him. It's going to be great to see him get back out there and, uh, and, and perform at a level that, that, that they need him to perform at. Because, you know, he was a, he was a decent ruck with Collingwood, and now he has to be the guy for the next month to six weeks, however long Max Gone is going to be out. Maybe Max Gone goes to the same knee doctor that Tom Stewart goes to and was only out for a week, and maybe he'll be back then. Uh, but, you know, I, it was a good round of footy overall. Okay, I probably did not talk about your club's game. There were several I did not mention. I've watched, uh, I have not watched any of the Fremantle West Coast game yet, but uh, I've watched the complete game of, I think, six of the other ones. I watched maybe half of one, and I saw the first three quarters this morning of uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide, and I read about the fourth quarter. So I mean, I've watched most of them so far. But before I go, um, I, I do want to uh, I do want to, to just tip my cap to the SCG, the Sydney Cricket Ground, and to the Sydney Swans uh, for the tribute that they paid uh, yesterday to um, Yvonne Williams, the the, the widow of, of Kenny Williams. Uh, if you're if you're a footy supporter, you rec- you may not know these two people's names but you know their faces. Um, Kenny Williams passed away last summer, your time last, uh, or last, I guess it would be summer, last winter, uh, my time. Um, and I think he was 94, if I remember correctly, but he, they always sat in the uh, the forward pocket. They're right in the front row uh, at the SCG, he and his wife. And the the SCG, um, has installed two new seats in their seats. And I, I believe Yvonne is still going to the games. I think she's sitting with her daughter, which is really cool. Um, but they they put in two seats in you know, the, the Swans colors as opposed to the green seats that are around it with, with Kenny's name on there and with Yvonne's name on there. And it just was, it's one of those events that when you, you see it happening and you're just, I didn't realize that when I saw it happening this morning and I was watching the little video clip of it, I did not even notice that I had picked up the cutting board and started cutting onions. I didn't even realize that it had happened, but yet it did. And it just, it is just, uh, it's pretty cool. And, and I, and I retweeted it and I, I, I just, am. I continue to be amazed and I shouldn't be at just the, the decency that the clubs have, quite frankly, for one another, unless it's you know that whole prison bar thing, uh, but that or that they have with their fans. I, I, and I've I've said it this way, and and maybe you know if you've grown up being a footy fan, it's just something you're accustomed to that you haven't noticed it yet. But I I honestly think that there is quite frankly an actual love affair that goes on between the clubs and their supporters. And this was a prime example of it today. This was a prime example of it. And, it, and it's one of those things that, that, you know, you could be, you know, somebody who is not a Sydney Swan supporter at all. And this, this situation is still going to give you goosebumps. It's still going to make you a little bit misty. Okay. It's going to make your eyes water a little bit as you're tearing up a little bit. Cause I, I don't think you cannot do that because it is just so cool. And I just, I, I'm so impressed by what the league does in looking out for their fans and their supporters and just how they're, how they're decent. And they're quite frankly, they're decent to one another. Um, now, of course there are exceptions and I, and I've, I've tooted the horn of, of the saints this week. Okay. But then we saw last week, um, the incident with uh, Jamara Ugal Hagen and supposedly racial epithets being, you know, thrown at him during the course of, of their game. And I, I applaud that young man. And this is where I'm going to close out here. I applaud that young man for how he handled this. And, and again, we have to remember this is a kid who is, is playing a game at the highest level a game he's dreamed of playing his entire life. He's playing it at the highest level in front of 
tens of thousands and tens of thousands of people. And you have people who are, you know, calling him names and saying vile things to him. And it's just, it is, it's disheartening. Okay. It really is. But the way he handled it this past week, I was, I, I did again, another goosebumps moment. Okay. Apologies to R.L. Stein, but another goosebumps moment, you know, with him lifting up his shirt after that goal and, you know, kind of recreating, kind of recreating. And it's unfortunate that it had to be recreated. But the uh, instance with uh, Nikki, I think it's Nikki Winmar 30 years earlier. And I have a sticker with that image on my desk in my classroom. Okay, with him lifting up his jumper to to reveal, you know, this is what I am. This is who I am. Um, just I, I just really, really a a, a neat um, neat image, and I, and I love the way this young man handled it, and I love how his club got around him. Um, I do uh, also tip my cap to the cats for uh, showing respect to David Swallow uh, as he was being uh, recognized for his 200th game, and again, that's the kind of thing that. Uh, we don't typically see happening here in the United States very often, you know, when it's a huge event, you know, uh, Cal Ripken having, you know, broken the record for most consecutive games played in, in baseball where he played, I think it was 2,130 that broke the, the record, if I'm not mistaken, but you know, he played, he didn't miss a game for like 13 years. Didn't miss a game for like 13 years. It just was a fun. It's a record that's never going to be broken. It's never going to be broken because players are going to get it written into their contract that they get a day off here and there because they have to rest or whatever the case may be, a mental health day or I've got a hangnail or a sprained an ankle or, or whatever whatever you happen to have. But it's, that's a record that will never be broken in professional baseball. And, of course, I'm talking to you about footy now, so I won't even know if it's been broken since I don't follow baseball anymore. But I do think the Cleveland baseball team started off the year winning three of their first four games. So that's awesome for them. Uh, unfortunately people around here really don't get to see them much anymore because the whole TV situation is screwed up. But Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to talk a little bit about round three. I wanted to tip my cap to the swans and, uh, the SCG. I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, the performances of the saints and the magpies thus far. I wanted to sound the alarm bell for the cats. Um, I guess two alarm bells. One, you know, the danger alarm bell that, uh-oh, this is not going well. And the other alarm bell, the wake the hell up alarm bell. Let's go get ourselves a win this week, okay? Uh, but, folks, I do hope you'll uh, you'll check out the podcast website, ayankonthefooty.com. If you enjoy the show, I do hope you'll uh, you know go back and check out some episodes you maybe haven't listened to. Uh, I did sit down with – I had the great fortune of sitting down with 18 different guests, uh, in a couple instances, more than one guest at a time previewing all 18 clubs so if you've not listened to your club preview uh you may want to check that out if you are an nfl fan and you have come across this podcast uh, i have done recently a series of a half dozen and i'm hoping to do more uh episodes on why i believe nfl fans would love the afl and i'm working on a, a blog post for that that's going to have links to all of those articles and explanations about the game and that type of thing which i'm going to then promote out on social media and maybe spend a little bit of money on advertising for that. So if you want to help the the podcast, you can uh, go to my website and click on the buy me a coffee button there as well. If you want to help the show, um, I should also mention, and I, and I've, I've alluded to this with a couple of people, but, and I just want to plant this seed in, in people's minds. Okay. And uh, start thinking about this. I am in the process of, working through putting together some of the components for a second podcast. Okay. I do still plan on doing a yank on the footy. I absolutely love talking footy. Quite frankly, I, the people I talk to the most are the people that I engage with online talking footy, whether they be, uh, you know, in Australia or here in the United States, I, I, I spend more time talking footy with people than I do anything else. But there's also another avenue that I wanted to explore. Okay, and this is this is not a sports related podcast at all. But I, I just want you to think about this for a moment and uh, file this one away in your memory bank because I'm going to start uh, 
putting the pieces in place for this new podcast here very soon. And uh, the premise of it is going to be talking about the relationship between grandparents and grandchildren. Okay, so if you happen to be a grandparent and you've had, you know, a great or an interesting relationship with your grandkids or you've got, you know, great advice that you've given to them and you would like to talk about that relationship, um, file that one away because I, I would love to sit down and talk with you here coming up uh, in the middle of winter um, about that. Or if you happen to be a grandchild and you had a, you, you know, you learned a ton from your grandparents or, you know, maybe there was something that did not go great with your grandparents and it's a story you want to tell. Keep that in mind because I would I would like to my this new podcast that I'm going to be working on is one that's going to be looking at that relationship between grandparents and grandchildren and grandchildren and grandparents, and I'm going to be exploring that and uh, hopefully talking to a number of different grandparents, you know, all over the United States, in Australia, wherever else I can track down grandparents because this is again this is a this is a sub this is a bit of subject matter that is. Uh, not exclusive to footy. Okay. Um, so file this one away. And, and quite frankly, you know, if, if you're somebody who has a, uh, who has a great, uh, story or you think you would, you would make a great guest for that. Um, do me a favor. Okay. Do me a favor and drop me an email over at my other podcasts, email address. Okay. Now, my current one, and again, current is going to stay also. I'm going to still have this one, a yank on the footy at gmail.com. But my other podcast, the email address for that one is grandversations. Basically, what I've taken is taken the word grandparent and conversation and drop the parent and the con off. So grandversations at gmail.com grandversations at gmail.com. So if you're somebody who you think would have a great story to tell as a grandparent in terms of advice, you know, what you've learned from your grandkids, what they've learned from you, that type of thing. Or if you happen to be a, a grandchild who has a great story to tell about their grandparent, um, drop me an email because I would love to get you into my little database here and then reach out to you here in the near future to talk about that and to sit down to do an interview with you about that as well. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, normally I go through a whole bunch of other things with regards to my regular episodes. I will have a, uh, usually a club of the episode, which I did not do in this situation here, but I will close this one out the way I typically do. Uh, and that is ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for uh, giving this one a listen. I do hope you'll share it with your friends and family.